ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This is an outrage, Mr. Fryer. In all my years at sea. Your years at sea? Good Lord, man. If I'd known your nature, I would not have accepted you as bosun of a river barge. Must I suffer this before the... You will suffer my correction whenever you're at fault, sir. What fault? God damn your eyes, man! Pretend you're back on me! I don't know where to begin <laughs> with you. I don't know where to begin. Uh, I don't it's know where been, to begin either. I mean, last night, I thought it was a great pod, by the way, yesterday's pod. Yeah, Have you listened I, to I, it I did listen to it back, yeah. Uh, I listened to it on the taxi. It was, uh, it, it's, I, I tell you what, the old Mark Jenkins bit is just sublime again. Isn't it lovely? Did he do, do the music on there? I don't know who did the music. Mark needs to tell me. Mark, message me if you're listening to this, because I know he listens because to the Because that, the sound design was perfect. Yeah, but that's partly my brilliant editing. But so did you, but I mean, did you put that so on what, there? No, what Mark did was I, I messaged him and said, I said, um, can we use the soundtrack from, from the film? From Because I do remember it being that, I do remember it being a tense, you know, sustained chords and they're slightly, like, it's got a accordion feel to it, yeah. hasn't it? Like, yeah. squeeze box kind of feel. It's slightly grating and a bit tense. And I remember the music being like that. So I said to him, Mark, can I, can I use a sound, can I use a soundtrack? And I don't know whether, and this is all really kind of late last night. We'll come to your light, <laughs> night in a second, but, um, and uh, he said, "Yeah, sure." And then, I, and, and I said, "Is it possible for you to email me the the file? You know, some of the files for the music." And he said, "Yeah, of course." And then he kind of sorted it out. And then, do you know what he did? He emailed me. He emailed me the entire soundtrack from the entire film. No way. With, all the dia- with all the dialogue, that's and all that sort amazing. Of thing. So I had to sift through it and kind of um, pull out little bits of music. Um, that I felt worked with uh, his story because it was a yeah it was pretty special. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it as an account of what it's like just to kind of stand by the side of the roads. Um, and and you know you and I maybe you in your in your own weird perspective from having raced me in my perspective from having looked at racing a lot. Um, maybe we take it for granted, but I think if you go to your home roads especially and see you know, see the peloton come by, maybe for the first time in your life. And um, as Mark was saying, you know, it's just, uh, it means a lot at an emotional level. It's really, it's really special. I thought he brought it across, but anyway. I thought he brought it. I, I, I'm glad you like the editing. I'm glad you I like know, the editing. I, your editing's just, just, it's just getting better and better, Ned. It was, a, it, was a, it was, um, it was, as, as Mikkel often says, it's, it's becoming more and more like listening to radio, listening to Never Strays Far. 
It's. Uh, yeah. I also good radio though. Good radio, right? No, no, it's nothing. I love. No, I lo- what are you saying? I love radio. Radio's well, because there's radio and there's radio, right? There's not, you know, not all radio's great just because it's radio. Maybe you like your regular great. show, you tune in, and there's a familiarity, and it just it becomes a yeah. soundtrack to your life. Um, mm. I also mm. liked um, how you've managed to uh, modify, enhance, better uh, Adam Blythe's nickname. Well, it's just become a thing that amuses me on a semi. Hourly, ba- no, sort of minute by minute basis, I think. And as you'll have noted, I've used it again mm. as the intro for today's show yeah. because it's just how I was can't, how I can't get over it. I'm obsessed with it. How was how the, is he? How was the captain today? The captain was good. I don't. The funny thing is, right? I'm spending <laughs> six hours a day with him, like locked into the back of a Belgian <laughs> truck parked up in um, the southwest of England because it's a Belgian facility that actually does the tour of Britain. So it was baking hot today in, um, in Devon and we were sat there sweltering hot and, um, he's just the, ni- he's the nicest guy in the world, Adam. And he's a really, you know, he's just a great, he's a great guy to work with, but I don't think, you know, I don't think he listens to podcasts. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't listen no, to podcasts. I, no. He's got, he's not got the faintest idea no. that he's kind of borderline trending worldwide. <laughs> And he's, you know, he's, he himself, via the medium of your nickname, has regenerated a sudden wave of enthusiasm uh, for uh, Mutiny on the Bounty and for the works of Anthony Hopkins. You know. I think is what, what we're here for, Ned, is to, to, to be, just help other people in their success and, uh, yeah. you know, build it up. Damn your eyes! Damn your eyes, man! You'll turn your back on me! Let's get one out of the way. I'm sure it won't be the last. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be the last. Someone rightly pointed out to me today, David, that, um, and I remember this from, the, from Johnny Cash's last album, The Man Comes Around. I think, I think that's what it's called, isn't it? There's a song, there's a Johnny Cash song called Damn Your Eyes. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's an amazing phrase, isn't it? It's one of those... I know, it's, a, it's, it's such I've never, a great I've phrase. I've never heard it. It's, I've never connected to it. I mean, I've heard it, but I've never... So it's the repetition you've now you've brought upon it that has actually made me think about it. And I think that's a great little saying. It's your eyes are, your eyes are the window to your soul. Aren't yeah. They? Everything. Exactly. They're not, it's not a, you know, it's not like damn your nose, man. Damn your ears, man. Damn your ears. Damn the flappy bit of skin at your elbow. Oh, wait, actually, no. <laughs> oh, actually, no, this is, this is, this is brilliant. So this is two days ago, starting on the adventure that I went over the last weekend following Nicole, which has led to, led to the, the yeah, pod yeah, being yeah. a bit later. Yeah. But when we dropped her off first thing on Saturday morning, we were driving back and we had to take a different way down from the mountains. We went by a reservoir and we crossed a dam. And I was like, whoa, this is an, am-. and I just had the boys with me. So it was like boys, boys mm. day from that moment on. And I was like, guys, we're stopping. And I stopped and I said, we're going to go and look at this dam. And we go, we, oh, no, <laughs> I can tell what's coming here. <laughs> we, go, we got out of the dam and got out of the car park at the edge. And I'm walking with Archibald, who's nine, who I think is really big because yeah. I've known him for a long time and he's getting bigger, but he's still a little boy and Harvey, who's eight. Mm. And Archie's walking along, holding my hands, and he's like, Daddy, this, so, dams, did, how did they, Brilliant. how did they build it? And good where, where was the water? How did they stop the water? Good, good lad. So, good lad. what did they do with all the water when they were building the dam? 
And, Great question. And, and I, it was took everything <laughs> in my soul not to just crack up and go, that's exactly what Ned asks me. <laughs> but he's in his 50s. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, all, so all the work we've done on discussing the construction mm. of dams actually helps me to educate Archwarden Harvey on how a dam's made. So there you are. You yeah. were talking about sluice gates. You were talking about little tunnels. Yeah, little, everything. Know, the whole shebang. Yeah. The whole shebang. Yeah, you were there. I was there. I was yeah. there. It's, Never strays far. Educative. It is. It is. It, yeah, no, no. We've learned a lot, haven't we? Down the years, it all started with, I think it started with Wittgenstein, you know. Wittgen. I've got a funny feeling it started with Wittgenstein back in, mm. you know, the days when we, we were doing the Vuelta. That was the far. The Vuelta. That, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I stopped off to pick up Kath from... Um, from the hospital she was working at, uh, guys, and I noticed that Wittgenstein, Ludwig Wittgenstein, had served as a as a, a hospital porter at guys, a guys' hospital, which I kind of blew my mind as well. So that's where it all stems back to. And here you are talking about you know educating your your kids about about dams, and it doesn't stop there. It's a continuing quest, you know. <laughs> what's the what's the opening line? You keep slipping um, into Captain Bly now. I, I it's a continuous, continuing quest. It's a continuing quest. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, no, I very nearly did it today on the tour of Britain, David, because it was beautiful weather. And, and um, in the middle of the race today, they dropped down onto the coast and they dropped down to Dartmouth. Right, <laughs> Dartmouth. Dartmouth is Dartmouth, founded in 1863. The Naval College. The Naval College has educated Royal Navy officers. And continues to do so, and I was so tempted. I, the whole Captain Blythe thing came, you know, flooding in. I could imagine Blythe. I could imagine Blythe sitting next to me, graduating from Dartmouth. Dartmouth, Dartmouth College boy. Ah, that's why you learn your trade. Uh, but uh, not worthy of a second bosun on a barge. Then the barge. I wouldn't put you on the front on a Criterium race in Great Britain, boy. I wouldn't put you in that role. Damn you! You'll turn your back on me. <laughs> I hope the listeners David, are getting because kind David, of, David, what yeah. happened last night? Because we we recorded the podcast as we're recording this one, and then what? So just yeah. so I explain, so I explain, so I explained the podcast last on, night where explain. I was. I was in a hotel and I picked Nicole up, and I'd been running around for two days, enjoyably. There's no no sense of uh, I loved it, but I was perhaps over um, committing and doing too many different things and. But I was very organized. I thought I was. So when I got to the hotel and had it all set up for us to pod, while Nicole was getting showered after a 29 hour, 51 minutes running adventure, uh, I thought I'll sneak yeah, it. That's quite long. Yeah, quite I'll long. sneak in the pod with Ned now. Um, so I did that outside the hotel room in the, where the lights were flickering on and off and got amazing. it all done. And amazing. I thought, you know what? Nailed it. I've just got that done. And then took the SIM card out of the recording machine and realized I'd forgotten this, the SD card adapter to plug into my computer. And then the rigmarole began because I was then, Nicole uh, wants to go and meet back up with her team who were staying at a campsite, 5Ks out of Port La Selva. We were in a pretty cheap hotel who didn't have an SD card. And all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, the joy I should have been experiencing with Nicole of her celebrating, I was in a stress fest about how to get oh, no. this SD card transferred oh, no. to you for our Never Strays yeah. Far podcast. And I mean, you can imagine the tension. And 
bless Nicole, she's very patient. I think she was also enormously tired, so she couldn't actually be that bothered about it. But I got there, and I I got there, and I got to her team (laughs) in the campsite, and the guy there, he was like, now the photographers have left, I have an SD card. I've got my computer here, but it's the same as mine, an Apple without an SD card converter. Without the silly... And he was like, oh, wait, yeah. I'll oh, go and ask one of the other oh. teams. So then all of a sudden, I'm taking the team leader away from the whole celebration to go asking another team. And he was over there asking them if they had one. They were moving, ru- ruining their whole kind of celebratory dinner. They're all looking around back in the camping car, looking for an SD card adapter. Oh, so then eventually I got the SD card adapter, and I was like, yes, that's it. And then I remember I didn't have my computer with me. And I was like, oh, oh you're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, at this point, you're an idiot. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then I was like, because I thought, I thought I was just going to take the SD card, get somebody else's computer, slot it in and just use WeTransfer and fly yeah. it. Simple. Simple. Oh. So then I had to go back, get Marcel's computer that wasn't charged, get a charger, go down to the restaurant. <laughs> and then I had to plug charged. it in. Of course it wasn't then, I, then, I, then I had to use my phone and I was using my 4G, which kept dropping in and out. So I'm sitting there while everyone's having a celebratory dinner, trying to upload oh, this man. file and literally pulling my hair out. So yeah, so oh, it's really relaxing. So for all you listeners, um, just so you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of TLC that's put into this podcast and sometimes in mm. not the healthiest situations for our personal relationships. But um, but we, right, we've okay. got it done. Now you set the context. I think it's only right and fit and proper that our listeners acknowledge the sacrifice that you've made on this particular occasion, right? And we're recording mm. this pretty late tonight as well. Yeah. And listen to this damned advert that's coming up right now. Damn your eyes. Listen to this. You turn your back on me? I think not. Never strays far, listener. It's Ross here from Chapter 3. I've briefly hijacked the podcast to tell you about a pretty incredible grand prize giveaway we have going on as of right now. Along with some of our favourite cycling brands, we've teamed up to get a prize together worth well over £1,000. Who are those others? Well, let's start with Lacquer. Lacquer are here to make sure you're covered every time you go for a ride. Their collective cover is made especially for cyclists, for life on and off your bike. Our grand prize winner will receive £200 worth of their unbeatable coverage. Lacquer's got your back. Claims are handled by experts and usually agree within a day. I can say personally, having used them for three years now, they're great. 10 out of 10 would ensure again. They've ditched annual contracts locking you in. With Lacquer, if you want to leave, you can, anytime. Next up, Ruler. What can I say about Ruler that you don't already know? Loads otherwise I'd be pretty terrible at ad reads. If you're looking for world-class stories, mouth-watering photography and the hottest new releases covered in expert style, it's the magazine for you. And they're offering two free tickets to Ruler Live this November in London, celebrating the very best of cycling. Finally, Vermouteria, one of our favourite spots in central London, celebrating all there is to love about continental food and drink. They absolutely love cycling too, so expect plenty of memorabilia as you enjoy their expertly crafted menu. Our winner will get a £200 voucher to spend on dinner for four people. Add to that a lifetime subscription to the Cycling Almanac Red Edition, yes, lifetime, which according to current census data is on average nearly 80 years, and a whole new set of Chapter 3 Most Days kit, and you have yourself one hell of a prize. How do you register? Just head to theroadbook.co.uk forward slash NSF and sign up to our newsletters. That's theroadbook.co.uk forward slash NSF. We've stuck the link in the episode description too. Back to the show. Right, 
thank you, Ned, for getting that in. Because I think it's, it's oh, important well, you know. for people to sign up and go for it. You know, it's um, to be honest, Ned and I would do this kind of without. Adverts. Oh, we love it because we, we just love doing it. But at the same time, yeah. it's kind of we. But well, we do it. We're kind of doing it without adverts, aren't we, Debbie? Because the know. adverts we're doing. They're not paid for. I mean, no, just, it's just us. Just trying. It's just to, Ross, isn't it? It's Ross. Just Ross. Just getting it done. It's Ross. He just sends me. A, he just sends me a little audio file, and I have to put it in. <laughs> but you know, go, listen. Sign up to the thing. Just it's got some, thing. some great opportunities there. God, it's a great prize. Um, and, and you know, what skin off your nose? You could end up at Vermuteria having a two hundred pound lunch with, and if your bike gets sold, doesn't matter because you got lacquer insurance. You could be wearing yeah, chapter oh, three. Don't kit. do the whole advert thing. We've could, done the ad, we've done could, the advert, but and you could be for eighty years getting the road book. You could for 80, 80 years. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, um, now listen. Um, um, so let's get on to the bike race because this is a tour of Britain. I read podcast. it. I read the report. Ultimately, David. I read the report. Yeah. So the peloton yeah. made a mistake yeah. today, didn't they? I don't know if they did. No, was it tactical? <laughs> Did they? It was weird. It was it was really weird. They let the gap. They let they, they, there was a rider in the break, uh, Robin Carpenter today, a five man break. He was thirty seconds down on GC. Picked up a load of bonus seconds that made it twenty seconds down. Um, and then they let the gap go out over Dartmoor to seven and a half minutes. And Jumbo Visma were being a bit uh, yeah, not sure with that, <laughs> you know. And it's, that's a bit of a Tour of Britain story, to be fair, because you do, you know, you do wonder sometimes, if we're being honest about the race, you do wonder what matters more to a rider like White Van Aert. Yeah. Is it fine-tuning the preparation for the World Championships or is it winning the Tour of Britain? Or is it both? Because it could easily be both, right? Mm-hmm. The two things don't necessarily contradict uh, one another. So it was a bit, uh, you know, and then you're thinking, well, what about the Ineos Grenadiers? They've got Ethan Hayter. They could win this bike race. But it was kind of like, and then with 25k to go, there was still four minutes that, you know, they had and they still weren't really riding. And you're thinking, God, this guy's going to win. By this time, Robin Carpenter is on his own from, from, from rally cycling. But ultimately, what happens is you think, blimey, they've given the lead away. They've messed this up. They haven't contested the stage win. Carpenter won by 33 seconds or something like that. Um, and there was a sprint for second place that was won by Ethan Hayter. White Van Aert didn't bother sprinting for bonus seconds. And then you look at the results at the end of the day and you think, okay, well, you know, Jumbo Visma have done enough actually to win this bike race. They've just handed over the jersey for a day. Um, and so they've kind of done enough. So it wasn't, it wasn't actually ultimately <laughs> you, a mistake. You know what? Sorry to interrupt there because I was reading the race report and I was going no. through it and, yeah. and Robin Carpenter gets his win and I was looking through and I was kind of in one of those moods where I was reading it like I didn't really know much about cycling. I just felt like doing that for my own entertainment. And I got to the point where I was describing the two teams that were chasing and it was um, Quebeca next hash and Yum- Jumbo Visma were chasing down Robin Carpenter. And I just thought, <laughs> our sport is so mad. It's the, the team names are crazy. And it just, oh, completely. and the whole thing was just never heard of Robin Carpenter either. And yeah, <laughs> and it was just kind of, okay, well that was today. And and going back to what you said before the race, the fact that Walvenart and this is also the the problem you have when you have a Walvenart at the race after yesterday, where the Kernick quick step from what you told me and Jumbo Visma were kind of 
comrades in arms, brothers in arms, regards yep. controlling the peloton. Yep. Now they're like, meh, you got it, Jumbo Visma, we don't really care. It's like, mm. well, it's obviously that strong, it's yours to lose. And going back to the conversation you were having yesterday regards uh, uh, pointing out to Koenig Quickstep, they they control races to win, the sadomasochism of it. They'll be just like, well, you know what? It's not the end of the world if we lose, so we may as well just gamble now. Let's put it all... And this is often what happens at the Tour of Britain. Yep. This is often what happens at the Tour of Britain, is that you'll have everyone else will just just kind of just put their cards on the table and say, it's yours. Go for it. And then they'll call yep. the bluff and then... So that can go two ways and we'll see what happens. But at the moment... It's actually, weirdly, it was, a, it was a good day for the Ineos Grenadiers because Hater, Hater you know, contested the sprint for mm. second place, won it, picked up six seconds and closed the gap to four seconds to White Van Aert. And actually, you know, between those two and the kind of stages that they might contest, that's a significant that's a gain that they've... That's a good battle, you know? That's a great he's battle. A, he's a... Bit of a weapon, isn't he? He's a bit of a weapon. He's... Anyway, I had to... I had to um, listen, uh, no, no, I'll tell you about what I'm about to tell you. I'll tell you the thing I'm about to tell you after... Um, mentioned Robin Carpenter, who won the stage today and, and took the, the leader's jersey. Brilliant bloke from um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nice. 29 years of age. Um, and also, the one biographical detail I absolutely love about this guy, whose only race wins so far have come in North America at various different races and Tour of Alberta in Canada and bits and pieces like this. But during lockdown, he, like many people in the Western world, discovered a love for baking, baking bread, and became quite proficient at it. And I think he lives in San Diego now. And um, he used to bake bread and during the lockdown months then he used to bake enormous amounts of bread and then hand it out to um, needy people in Aww, San Diego. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, so hey, he's someone to get behind. And he was a real dude today and I love him and that's, uh, that's great. But one of the other riders in the breakaway today was the oldest man in the bike race, David, Will Bergfeld, riding for the Swift Carbon team, who I have known for a long, 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 long time because he's always been a stalwart of the British scene, Right. I'm sure you don't know who he is, even though you may have once or twice. No, you probably haven't actually ever raced with him. Um, because at the age of 42, this is his debut. 42, this is his debut on the wow. Tour of Britain. And he was in the breakaway today. He wasn't the strongest in the break, but he also wasn't the weakest. And he's actually riding arguably better than he's ever raced in his life. But his story is really particular. And 20 minutes before we started recording this pod, I gave him a ring just to find out how it went for him today. And this is what he had to say to me. Good evening, sir. How are we? <laughs> hey, yeah. Probably less tired than you are, Will, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, just just absolutely amazing. You know, like, yeah, to, to finally be riding Tour of Britain, which is something I've, you know, I've dreamed of for so many years and then to, to get up the road today as well. And yeah, second day, first breakaway, first day is Tour of Britain, first breakaway of Tour of Britain. Just, just amazing. So yeah. You totally picked the move to get in as well, didn't you? The one that stayed away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my teammate, Ollie, uh, he went in the move before me um, and that it was difficult to get him in that move as well. Cause Lotto wanted to shut it down. And um, I'd, yeah, it was it was quite it was quite funny because I I'd said to uh, a couple of the guys on the front, I said, "No, we, we want our jersey up the road as well today, please." So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a case of right. I wanted to you know show the jersey today up the road, and then Ollie got brought back by uh, with the group he was in by another another team, and uh, yeah, so then uh, the, the next move went with a Brazilian guy, and 
I thought, right, okay, I'll, I'll chip onto that. And then uh, before I knew it, Jake came across with uh, with Leo and Rob as well. And it was just like, wow, this is done then. And the gap just went out so quickly. And I was saying all along, Will, having known you for a long time, I was saying this is this is the biggest, you know, in terms of the profile and kind of everything, this is the biggest day in your racing career at the age of 42. But have I, <laughs> have I exaggerated? Sorry, <clears throat> have I exaggerated? Not really, not really. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I'm, obviously, you know, I'm a parasite. I'm doing all the stuff for Great Britain and everything else. And uh, this, in a funny way, means more to me than than Tokyo would have done. I mean, I've missed out on Tokyo this year because I broke my leg back in April. Um, so, but at the same time, when when that happened, I was very much like, I, and I said to my team manager Paul at the time as well. I said, you know, I'm going to fully concentrate now on being the best me I can be for the Tour of Britain. So, I, um, so, so, Will, I had this conversation with your, your DS, Paul Lamb, who you're talking about from the Swift Carbon team, um, just before the Tour of Britain got underway. He told me about what happened to you in April. So, but yeah. a lot of people won't, I mean, I know a bit about the story, but, you know, t- for some context, Will, first of all, you became a paracyclist because of what? Uh, so, yeah, I was out training September 2015, getting ready for, for track nationals. Dan Fleeman was looking after me at the time, and... Um, yeah, it basically came down a really fast descent off the top of the Mendips, uh, close to where I live, um, towards the end of a training ride. And I was sandwiched between a, a car and a van. I had a van behind me and a car behind, in front, a uh, car behind me and a van in front of me. And as we went around this sweeping left-hand corner, I, I was in the middle of the road riding on, you know, near enough on the white line, on the dotted white line to see where this cattle grid was, because obviously you can't see through a van. Um, and, uh, yeah, as the van sort of, uh, swung through this, uh, left-hander, um, that was it was quite a tight corner and stuff. The car coming up the other way also decided he wanted the inside line effectively for him coming up the hill. Um, so he was he was on the white line. So I was doing 40, 45 miles an hour. The car was oh, doing no. something similar. Oh no! Um, and the front corner of the car collected the front corner of my leg just below the knee. Um, very nearly took it off. Gosh. Um, so I fractured my pelvis both sides. Had a brain bleed. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean broke my left femur and my right tib and fib were just completely obliterated in the accident so um i was airlifted to uh south Mid hospital in bristol and um it was it was a week in hospital that i've got i mean like the accident i've got no memory of anyway thankfully um but yeah the the next week in hospital i've got no memory of that you know i mean i was asked who the prime minister was and it was like winston churchill mm. um i was asked what five plus five is and it was like 55 and i was i was adamant that these were the correct answers you know it was it was bizarre yeah um yeah. but one of the surgeries that i went in for my, my wife was fully prepped by the surgeons for me to come out of the operating theater without my uh lower right leg they were going to amputate it above the knee because there wasn't enough left below the knee to save so they thought um and then during the operation they 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 the doctors had a, a change of heart and they thought, well, maybe if we put three plates and about 40 screws in his leg, we can piece together all the fragments. Um, so uh, I, I didn't know I was going to keep my lower right leg until uh, December. It was very late December when I found out I was definitely going to keep it. Um, they took calf muscle from the back of my leg and harvested that, put it on the front of my leg uh, to patch up the hole and put a big skin graft over the top. My word, so, Will. Oh, that's so. I mean, you know, credit. It's amazing what what the surgeons have done for you there. But then, but then the rehabilitation must have been brutal. And then for you to for you to kind of consider carrying on and, and reinventing yourself as a, a, a Paralympian with great success as well. I mean, you, yeah, 
you, you did all right, mate. You won some stuff, right, in the C5? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was initially I was told, you know, I wouldn't walk properly, you know, I wouldn't be able to run, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't ride a bike, wouldn't race a bike again. That was completely out of the question, so they thought, and I was very determined to show everyone that actually, you know, you, you can do these things. You don't have to take what people are telling you at face value and, you know, just accept it. You can you can really push your own limits, and you, I wanted to prove that to everyone and just be an inspiration to people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was, I was very, very keen. Luckily, I mean, British cycling, they knew of me as an elite rider before the accident. So they really looked after me and, um, you know, they, they invited me into the squad, um, in 2017, straight after Rio was done, um, with a view to working towards Tokyo and possibly Paris afterwards. Um, obviously, I mean, yeah, I've, I've medaled at world championship level in the, in the, the Paris world champs on the track and, frustratingly been fourth place in the road world champs and fourth place in the in for the time trial and the road race frustratingly missing out by milliseconds um which is so frustrating at times but yeah i mean uh, the the goal this year had been a medal um at the road world championships in the in the time trial um for good reason that the whole squad is 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 amazing as everyone anyone who's watched the paralympics on channel four would have seen every single rider that went got mm-hmm. at least one medal if not two wow yeah yeah um so, but yeah, I mean, for me, I've wanted to race Tour of Britain since before paracycling was even a thing for me. So to sure. to be racing Tour of Britain now is just, All right, just, but, just something else. But pause there, Will, because that's not the whole story. So as you alluded to before, in April... With all your plans very much focused on Tokyo and, and trying to get yourself the medal there, it all changed again, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. I, I went out uh, mountain biking with my son and um, we went over to a little woods not far from where I live and everything and stuff and uh, we'd uh, we'd been blitzing around this woods for a good sort of 45 minutes or so and I don't spend enough time with my kids you know so it's the, the time that I do get to just go out and spend some time with them and everything I take it with both hands and um, yeah I mean I basically got to the top of this little hill stopped um, I turned around to see where Finn was and uh I put my foot down and uh, I didn't look at what I was putting my foot onto. I, you know, you just instinctively take the foot out of the pedal, don't you? And I, I put it onto a tree root, which then I slipped with my footing. I did, it wasn't stable effectively. And then I fell over sideways um, as, as, it, as you do sometimes and stuff. And, you know, I, w- I wasn't even moving on the bike. It wasn't like I was sending it. But as I fell sideways, I landed with my left femur on a, on a rock and it snapped my, uh, my femur just above the ankle. Excuse me, I've just uh, something's just fired up on my on my po- um, machine there. That was the noise that you heard in the background. So that was so that that was a that was an injury that was um, just one of those things, but it had serious consequences for you, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean that was seven weeks, six and a half, seven weeks out from Road Worlds. So uh, for, for me, then it was a case of right, well. I wanted still to go to Road Worlds and all the, all the coaches were, you know, doing their whole shaking their heads thinking, you know, this, this is Fergie, you know, we, um, this is such a Fergie thing, you know. Um, so they were like, well, okay, what can we do to help you? And I was like, okay, well, I need this pinned and plated, um, as quickly as possible. So they stuck me in for surgery. Um, we got it pinned, we got it plated, uh, and I was back riding my bike again within three weeks. Crikey. So, but but Tokyo had gone right, or at some point Tokyo just had to be chalked off as a realistic prospect for you. Or 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I went I went to Road Worlds and I knew I wasn't going to Road Worlds to medal, which is what I had to do. So um, I very much used it as a as a training camp as well. So I did some some fairly big rides with Adam Doggleby and uh, Steve Bate, who I'm both good mates with and everything. So um, me and Adam were going out and doing sort of hundred mile plus rides at times. And uh, yeah, it was it was very much a a Kickstarter for me as a as a proper training camp to to get ready for the road season ahead. Because um, I knew that we were doing the Volta Portugal, which is, well, it's, it's, I'm told it's the fourth Grand Tour, but yeah, it's an incredibly hard race mm. um, in, in incredibly hard conditions um, with riders that you know treat it as their world championships. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, wow. yeah, for for us, that was the final piece of the jigsaw, really, to to get ready for this. And here you are. And there, you, and there you were on, in the breakaway today. I mean, you 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 had a great ride. It was um, Leon Mazzoni, wasn't it, who who dropped away on that big climb, the second climb of the day. He was the first rider to go, and you but you you clung on, didn't you, as the um, the three riders went off in front of you? And I thought I thought Will's going to absolutely turn his tripes inside out to stay off the front of that group. Um, yeah, yeah. If you possibly can to hang on for that potential fourth place. Did you think you could do it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, at that when when you're in that position and you know you've still got six, seven minutes over the peloton, everything was going through my head. I was just like, this is such an opportunity. Um, as it was for Rob, the the guy from Rally who ended up winning the stage and taking the the GC lead overall as well. You know, amazing, amazing, um, yeah, just incredible. And yeah, I mean, I I thought, wow, you know, I mean, like. You'll probably remember the emotion that I had at Barrow Tour Series for getting a second many, many years ago. Unforgettable, Will. What year was that? Where where was it? 2015. That that was the year of my accident, that was. so. um, But yeah, yeah, I'd had a cracking year that year and I sort of provisionally agreed a a deal with a a UCI team for 2016 off the back of that year. But yeah. Then you had your Um, accident, yeah. Then I had my accident, that's it. So it's, yeah. Will. I mean, Paul Lamb, who runs Swift Carbon, he's been absolutely brilliant, you know, in terms of, there's been absolutely no pressure from him whatsoever. And he's just, you know, really looked after me in a sense of, you know, he's given me good races and, you know, he, he runs a good team. And, yeah, it's, it's just been amazing to, to be back on a continental team with him. So, Well, uh, you, uh, honestly, it was brilliant to see you up the road today. And I thought you did a, you did a great ride. Just the fact that you're at the race and you're as obviously as it going as well as you are, Will. Brilliant, mate. 42 years of age as well. That's uh, hugely impressive. Mind you, you're not even you're not even close to Malcolm Elliott's record, are you? You've got another six no, years. No, I know. To go. I was I was teammates with Malcolm Elliott uh, the year after he got that record. So um, yeah, in 2011, <laughs> and I've I've seen Malcolm actually this week and had a good catch up with him, a bit yeah. of a chat and stuff. So, um, but yeah, you, you never know. You know, um, the, the only frustration for me with riding for Great Britain sometimes and the, on being on the Paralympic squad is that road worlds is normally put on at the time of year when Tour of Britain is on. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I could get Mick Bennett to move it back a week, maybe. He'll listen. Um. He'll be listening. He'll be listening. <laughs> After all, he, he put you on the podium, didn't he, when you were second in Barrow and Furness. He just does whatever you want, really, doesn't he? So um, That's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. You know, that, that was another one of my career highlights. It was, one, so. it was great. Well, you're an amazing guy, and you've got one of the most extraordinary stories in cycling. Um, and rightly, I think we're all celebrating it today. Great ride. See you in the team Thank time you. trial tomorrow. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like that's in a way now I've got another dream to fulfil. You know, I mean, uh, part of the reason that I'm on this team is to try and sort of pass on my experience and help the younger lads on the team. And uh, having Alex now in fifth place on GC after yeah. his outstanding ride today, you know, I mean, that's 
that that's more motivation that you know is just yeah fueling my fire basically now so it's going to be a case of right i'll go as deep as i can go in the time trial tomorrow to try and help keep him in the best position as we can keep him so um and i enjoy i do enjoy a time trial as well so i'm looking forward to it brilliant all right get back to your dinner you're obviously having a nice dinner there with the with the lads and uh, <laughs> see, see, see you on the road tomorrow well done will well done pal we'll do thank you ned cheers mate cheers cheers bye-bye Yeah, David, that's um, <laughs> like, I mean, his accidents there. You talk about Chris Froome's comeback, you know, mm. very similar in some ways. I mean, what happened to Will Bjergfeldt in that car accident that he, you know, he, what was it, six years ago that he that he suffered? He could have lost that leg. Yeah. I mean, the, the very fact that he's turning a pedal is a miracle. And, and to be able to hold your own in a breakaway over 3,500 metres of climbing over Dartmoor and Devon in that kind of company today is, is absolutely brilliant. He was buzzing. It was great to see. Do you know what we should say? You should send that to Casals, Christian Casals, our friend. He would um, very much appreciate listening to that, I think. So let's do that because just the listeners, Ned and I have a, a, a mutual friend who had a very ba- bad accident. and probably- similar cir- Very similar circumstances, yeah. yeah. And who's still fighting back from it nearly three years on. And, but uh, yeah. yeah, so that, that, those stories are important. And the fact he's doing it, well, jeez, yeah. there's hats off to him because yeah. it um, takes a, a certain character to be able to, to weather that storm because it's a big one. Well, Will's got character in abundance. Mm. I, hope, you know, I hope that came across in that little interview. Anyway, David, listen... I have no idea where you are. I can see just to describe, you look like you're in quite a nice, actually, boutique hotel. It's yeah. got quite a low ceiling, maybe quite small windows. Check out the bed. Okay, right. You're angling around. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. So it's proper boutique hotel situation. Yeah, He's got lovely. one of those little runner little things over the foot yeah. of the bed, which you can t- you know, tell. Right. Check out my bed, David. Yeah. You what got- do you reckon to that? Yeah. That's that. bike racing That's- 101. That's a yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. a bed in. So I, I'm South I'm near East yeah. Grinstead. East Grinstead near Gatwick Airport. I am near Gatwick Airport. Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm doing. A that's nowhere near Catalonia. No, what I'm are you doing. I'm doing a bike ride with some lovely people tomorrow morning, and and talking to them afterwards. So uh, that's what. I do. How far have you got your ride? That's how I got a ride. Yeah. So I'm going to be how, here. How, how far though? How far? Uh, 45 kilometers. <sighs> it's quite a long way. It, yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, it's about 30 miles that, David. 27.5 ish. About 30 miles. It's quite a long way. <laughs> I got, I got this. No, don't <laughs> worry. I got it. I got all my, got all my best kit. Um, I'm, I'm, good so, to go. I'm good to go. So the captain, damn your eyes. Damn your eyes. <laughs> Damn your eyes! <laughs> the, the captain has already got into the mindset of um, X rider can't be asked to to ride my bike under almost any circumstances. Yeah, and so the producers um, have been over the last twenty four hours, thirty six hours of, of of the tour of Britain, they've been mooting the kind of um, potential now because not to, not stage three, which is the team time trial. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday because we're recording it on Monday. Anyway, whatever, stage three. Stage four in North Wales, it goes over the Great Orm climb, which I think is the longest climb on, on the Tour of Britain this year. And the producers quite want Matt Barbette, our presenter, who says hello. He says the same hello, Matt. by the way. I love Matt. 
You like Matt. Everyone loves I Matt. I love Matt. He's just, Everyone loves Matt. He's Matt's so hair. perfect. He's oh, great I just hair. love yeah. Matt. He's perfect. He's great. Yeah, he's, per- just, he's perfect. Yeah. He's perfect. Anyway, he says to say hi. But he has, um, I think he's going to, they're going to film him. I think this is the idea anyway. They're going to film him riding with Pippa. <laughs> Pippa York, who's working I, with us. I can already, I can already know what's going to happen. Right? And, and the captain! The captain. Right? Dab your eyes! And dab your eyes! So, Matt Bobbett, super keen to do the ride, as you can imagine. Super keen. Like, be, okay. Imagine beautifully, beautifully presented in the finest apparel that uh, he can get his hands on. Um, and, you know, this, this is perfect. So, I, I, so, I'm just painting the picture as well. So, he'll be there like the, the keen lieutenant wanting this to happen it's the, the ship's ready to go sir and then the captain turns up a bit bedraggled and just a kind bit of bit, like <laughs> bedraggled the, is the word sir <laughs> just just turns up there kind of somebody's putting on his jacket as he gets there and picking up the bits and he's like that's like exactly what exactly what the captain will be doing right right, right. Where, 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 are we, where, where are we going what are we doing yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh cut this one how many kilometers cut that bloody in half yeah, don't will you we're not. Five kilometers, you say? Two is fine. We're not going to um, battle for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and um, and ghosting up, and the actual winner is going to be Pippa York, who has already informed me that she's going to be riding on an e-bike. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> it's got like two hundred and eighty watts power assist. She's going to be flying up the Great Orm, sir. Oh, we so, uh, speak to yeah. Do you see, see Pippa every day? I see Pippa every day. In fact, um, in fact, just earlier on um, this evening, before I came up here to to record this pod, I said to Pippa, "Oh, come on, let's get you on the pod. Yeah. You've never been on our pod, me and David's pod." And she goes, "Absolutely fine." When you know, so we're going to try and oh, awesome. figure out a time. We're going to try and figure out a time. And then she said, "What? What will we talk about?" And I said, oh, "I've got no, I've got no idea. Really. We've never already got no idea." Don't know. But um, it'll be something other than cycling. Okay, awesome. Tell her I'd like to speak to her anyway. So. Um Let's do that. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, right. What else is going on, Ned? Any other bike races that we're missing? I see. Oh, you know what? But Rempo, Remco news. He, oh, you've got Remco news. Okay. He's been selected for the Belgian uh, World Championship. Oh, has he? And he's, so is Tim Declerc. And he's, I'm surprised and, that and, Remco made the cut. But he's all in mm. for Wout. All in for Wout? Yeah. He's like, that's, that's, that's the reason he's going. He's he's going there for the greater good to to make Wout van Aert world champion. Yeah, except that's not really how Belgian race is. Belgian race is it? <laughs> no. That's not how they race. No, they'll be all like, they're firing shots off left, right, and centre. <laughs> this, this is great because like, what's he going to do? It's like he's going to go. You know what? You no, know I'll do, guys. I'll attack with about fifty k's to go and set mm. it up. And everyone's like, Remco, you're yeah. not attacking with fifty k's to go. <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, Remco's a genius. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for a while. So what I'll do is and normally that role that he's taking is mean, means he has to set the game in action when it comes into the final plays. Brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant. It's a stroke of genius, Remco. You you go, and, go there and race for wow and attack with three laps to go. That'd um, be good. Then just let everyone else chase you down. See what happens. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Listen, um, it's, it's pretty late. I need to get this edited. And uh, Very good. I need to get some, to sleep as yeah. well at some point because I'm quite tired. And, uh, and I've got to go and figure out how to thing. get this SD card. You got to, oh, no, don't let me down again. No, not that you did. You didn't let me down. Thanks, no, man. that came out all wrong. 
You were amazing. Thank you you saved the day. Thank you. No, no, I, I, before we did the pod, I already called mm. up reception and made sure they could do it. So I'm just going to da- go down there okay. now and put on their computer and, <laughs> and, and do the job. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Have you got a bike for tomorrow? Have you got that uh, sorted? Jamie sorted me one out, which is first time Jamie, I've done that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whoever um, Jamie is. All right, brilliant. Okay. All right, uh, David, um, speak to you tomorrow. See you, bye. See you, bye. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>